I have good news tonight from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. For to us a child is born. Verse 1, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government... Have you guys ever heard of a government? The government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Amen? That is good news from Isaiah. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this season. Thank you, Lord, uh, all year we celebrate the person, the work, the ministry, the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And right now tonight, we put special emphasis on the arrival of Messiah who broke into this world as a great light piercing the darkness, who came to multiply the joy of the nation, of the world, and came to establish a government, a government of peace and of his kingdom. There is no end. We thank you, Lord, for this baby born king. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. We want to welcome uh, those of you who are uh, regular attenders, members of New Hope. Thank you again for your partnership in the gospel. Uh, family members uh, of those, uh, we welcome you on this Christmas season. There's nothing better than Christmas uh, together as a family, uh, maybe except for uh, dropping people off at the airport when they're ready to go home. But uh, but those two things are beautiful. That's what Christmas is about, right? It's families coming together and then bidding farewell. Uh, uh, to those of the community who have no church home, maybe you're unchurched or maybe you're dechurched, uh, we welcome you here at New Hope. Thank you for making Christmas uh, a part of this season as we reflect upon the work and the ministry of Christ our Lord. Isaiah chapter 9, which I just read to you, is uh, help uh, church, if you know your Bible, is it Old Testament or New Testament? Old. Is it before Jesus or after Jesus? There you go. It is Old Testament before Jesus, uh, and it points to the work. It is fulfilled in the very person of Jesus Christ. So if you're not familiar with this text, it was written six or 700 years before the person of Jesus, and all of it points to the arrival of a Messiah, a child who would be born, a son who would be given, and a government that would be on his shoulder, and he would lead his people into great joy. In fact, this leader would have power to rule and he would have power to resolve all human problems. Now, speaking of government and problems, a famous political leader said last week that most of the world's problems are caused by, quote, old people, usually old men not getting out of the way. This person also said he was absolutely confident that for two years, if every nation on earth was run by women, you would see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything. Now, yeah, so the old people here said, boo, the women said, yay, right? Now, I'm not sure why Mr. Obama would blame old people as the cause of the world's problems, but no matter your opinion, I think we can all agree that there are lots of problems in our world 
and that no human leader is capable to fix them all. In fact, in the last 243 years, the United States has had 44 presidents, some Republicans, some Democrats, some, Repu some uh, conservatives, some liberals, all of whom have made citizens either happy or angry depending on the day. But even our best governing leaders, even our best ones, lack wisdom, strength, character, and capacity to lead in some fashion, which leaves us in a mess. It's a broken world that we live in, and no human leader can fix it. And this is what makes Isaiah's promise of a perfect leader so compelling. The leader he talks about is a great light shining in the darkness. The leader he talks about is a leader that would bring joy to the entire cosmos. The leader he talks about is not elected to this position. Instead, he comes to rule as king with great authority and establish a kingdom that would have no end. He is a great light. Verse 2. Those who have walked in the darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah says, those who have dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. If you take your Bible, whether it's here or whether it's at your house, you will notice on the very first page of Scripture, in fact, from cover to cover, light has significance, great significance in this Bible. If you go home and you take your Bible, you will find on the very first page of your Bible the very first words written and recorded of God's Word, which says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And on the very first day, the very first words that God spoke were these. Let there be, help me, light. If you go to the last page of your Bible at home, you will come to Revelation chapter 22. And for a brief moment, the darkness of earth, the curtain is open and we get a glimpse into eternity. And what we find is it's perfect light. The last page of your Bible, Revelation 22, says night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord their God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And in the middle of your Bible, you'll come to the Gospel of John. John witnessed Jesus, he walked with Jesus, and he describes Jesus as the light of men. John says Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines into the darkness. That is what Isaiah promised in chapter 9. He promised a great light was coming, and boy, did we need it, didn't we? He describes our world as darkness. In fact, he describes our world as a deep land of darkness. Isn't that a great reminder for us? That no matter where we live, no matter what state you're from, what city you dwell in, even if you dwell right here in vacation land, we live in a land of deep darkness. Even on our best days, all around northern Michigan, the joy of Christmas is still shrouded by a broken world of sorrow, pain, difficulty, death, strife, betrayal, injustice. And Isaiah says, that's why Messiah would come. 
He would be a great light that pierces into the darkness. And not only that, but he would also give joy, multiply joy, increase joy of the nations. In fact, he would cause joy to the highest degree. You say, how much joy? Well, Isaiah gives a couple of metaphors for common people like us. If you're a farmer here, or maybe you served in the military, these metaphors are for you. For farmers, he says, it is a type of joy that comes at harvest when there is great abundance. If you served in the military, he gives the metaphor. He says, it's a type of joy that comes when the war is over, the enemy is defeated, and you receive the plunder. Well, for those of us who are not farmers or military, maybe we could compare the type of joy that Messiah would bring to this. It's the type of joy we experience when we land a big business contract or we get a year-end bonus, or we secure a promotion, or we finish our education, or we see the stock market soar, or we have a grandbaby, or we receive a clean bill of health from the doctor, or we get green lights all through the intersections, or we reunite with family at Christmas time, or we watch the Lions win a Super Bowl, or we, or we watch Michigan beat Ohio State, and I mean, it's that type of joy, which those last two are just proof that we live in a fallen world because it's, it, this is hard. But whatever metaphor we use, Isaiah points the fallen world to the hope of a Messiah, to one who would give joy. And it's the type of joy that is unfading and uninterrupted. That whole list I just read by way of metaphor and whatever you would put in there, we only experience in dribbles. Isn't that true? We, we receive it in just like little fashions and then it's gone. But the joy that this leader would bring, it is an uninterrupted joy. It is an unfading joy. It's the joy of a Messiah who takes away gloom. He removes sorrow. He lifts burdens from the shoulders. He breaks the yoke of hardship. He wipes away tears. He comforts our soul. He raises the dead. Look back on 2019. Some of you loved it. Some of you hated it. Consider this. Consider every wrong you've suffered every friend you've lost, every burden you've carried, every tear you've shed, every death that we have mourned, every political injustice you have witnessed. And in the midst of that brokenness, remember the promise of Isaiah 9, a leader who is coming, who takes away all sorrow, and he causes the world to rejoice. And that is perhaps why one of the greatest angelic announcements at Christ's birth was, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Or as the NIV says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. This ruler would come and this leader and he would pierce the darkness as light. He would multiply joy of the nation and he would, then he would rule as king forever. This is the most familiar verse in Isaiah. He says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. That's the leader the world needs.
And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of his government. There will be no end. This is what was probably celebrated by the angels on that day when they announced to the shepherds, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A child was born. A son was given, and Isaiah 9 found its fulfillment. This was no ordinary child. It was a king born to the world, and he was, in fact, mighty God. Imagine that moment. The perfect ruler had come. This ruler carries the weight of the world on his shoulder, but he does so with perfect strength, and he is never burdened. Or weary. This ruler is wonderful in counsel. No problem is too hard. No issue is com too complex. And the judgments that come from his throne are right and just. This ruler is the perfect commander in chief. He is the mighty God with all power at his disposal. And yet he always uses his power with love. This ruler is everlasting father. He is full of love. He is the picture-perfect father. He is gracious and merciful. And like a father would love his children, so this ruler loves his citizens, who he calls his sons and his daughters. This ruler is a prince of peace. He governs his people with joy. And under his reign, there is no political rest. Instead, his citizens are happy and content and pleased with the fact that he rules and he reigns. And this ruler is at the helm of a government that has no end. Under his leadership, there is no voter recall. There is no impeachment. There is no resignation from office. Rather, this ruler increases in his office, and his kingdom is secure forever. So what is fascinating here in Isaiah is that Isaiah writes these things six or seven hundred years before the birth of our Savior, and it's all fulfilled in the person of Jesus. And so the angels naturally declare, I bring you good news of great joy that will cause joy for all people. And the angels declare, unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's what caused John to declare, the light shines in the darkness and we have seen his glory. And it was Matthew, the disciple who walked with Jesus. He watched Jesus preach in the hill country of Israel. And when Matthew saw the power and the authority and the governing power of this leader called Jesus, Matthew said that what was spoken of in the prophet Isaiah was fulfilled. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light those dwelling in deep darkness on them light has dawned Matthew says in that moment the government was on his shoulder the king had come and his kingdom is forever this is why we celebrate Christmas and because of that we can say with confidence no matter the darkness, no matter the sorrow, no matter the trouble of this fallen world, we can say 
all will be well. Perhaps you've experienced hardship and sorrow this year, pain of the deepest kinds. Maybe you've lost a spouse this year or a child. Maybe with the community, we suffered great losses within the church or within the local community. In the midst of this broken world, this land of deep darkness, we look to a coming Messiah and we say, all will be well. For to us was given a son, a child. He was born king. He came. He died. He rose again. And anybody who rises from the dead has credibility. And his kingdom is forever. Would you pray with me? Father, comfort your people with this message intermingled amongst us as people who have experienced the greatest of darkness in the course of this year or perhaps in the course of life. We cannot deny the tragedies. We cannot deny the sorrow. We cannot deny the grief. We long for that day of Revelation 22 when that curtain is pulled back forever and night will be no more and you, the Lord God, will be our light. It was into this world, Father, that you gave your son. And this son who was born to us was Christ the Lord. And he too suffered the greatest of human tragedies. Bearing on his shoulders the weight of the world. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, because he paid the debt of our sin. That by faith we trust you. Thank you. And we can say all is well.